Big smile on my face every time I hear that song because it's time for another week of the Rec Bulker podcast. This is the forums edition. My name is Jim Reed. I'm Bluffsterini in the home game and at Rec Poker Jim on Twitter. I've got the best freaking job in the world because I get to hang out here with my poker friends, the other members of the Rec Poker Wrecking Crew, and talk about poker every Monday night. Um, if you don't know what Rec Poker is about, we're a serious, fun-loving group of amateurs. We love coaching each other, studying together, playing together, winning together, commiserating when things don't go our way. We've got social events, um, and most of what we do here is free, so I'd encourage everyone to come and sign up for a free Rec Poker account. All it takes is an email address and a smile. And because so much of what we do here is free, I absolutely have to thank our sponsors, the amazing Running Aces Hotel, Racetrack, and Casino. And if you like the sound of that, I hope you're around on August 4th and 5th. It's right around the corner by the time you're hearing this. But we're going to be having another Rec Poker weekend at uh, Running Aces at the start of August. So I hope folks can come and join us for that. Um, some of the folks that you might see are members of the Wrecking Crew, premium members at Rec Poker, community members, maybe some new friends. You never know. Um, some of the people you might not see, I don't know if the Wrecking Crew members tonight are going to make the trip. I'm talking about Eric Jin and Rob Washam, but don't take my word for it. You're about to meet him right here on the air right now. My name is Eric Jin. I am uh, on Twitter as Rec Binkley. You'll find me in the PokerStars home game as C-O-M Binkley, or you can see me posting on the forums as Binkley. And I'm Rob Washam, and you can find me as Rabman50 just about everywhere. And while these two are very close to the heart of Rec Poker, uh, they're not geographically as close to Minnesota as some of our other members. So we might not catch them there um, in August. But I think we're going to be doing more of these Rec Poker road trips, whether it's down California way for you, Eric, or down in Arizona or Nevada for you, Rob. I'm looking forward to uh, uh, cheersing again in person. Um, very much so. I'm having so much fun with these Rec Poker road trips this year. I just want to do it all the time i want to do so much more of these uh, i feel like every time i sit down at a live poker table i make two new friends it's amazing so we're going to try and do a lot more of this uh this year so this is the forums edition of the podcast we're going to be talking about a strategy segment this is coming from a hand i played in the monster stack of wsop this year in uh, june of 2023 um if you were listening to the chats edition recently you know, um, I learned from Rob Washam the best way to make notes here while you're playing. So I can tell you right off the top, this is level three of the monster stack where the blinds are 200, 400 with a 400 ante. Uh, I opened from early position and with king, queen of diamonds and everyone folds but the uh, big blind who calls. And what's your, what's your stack size? Um, at this point, I would have been just about even, uh, which was uh, 50,000 starting chips for uh, the monster stack. So quite, quite deep, quite comfortable. And okay. I would think probably opening to, uh, I didn't actually write down my open size, which was dumb. But uh, I'm guessing it was 1,200. I'm guessing it was 1,200. I think when we're that deep, I was 3Xing uh, still would be my would be my inclination. And you, what position were you in? I was in what what Eric refers to as early position, which is one seat over from under the gun. Actually, EP. 
EP. I was an EP. EP. Yeah. You know what? Okay. Stick around. Stick around next week, folks. We're, we're going to actually be talking to Eric about <laughs> this very problem because position is confusing. There's all. Are you shorthanded? Are you full ring? Uh, what is early position plus one <laughs> to under the gun? Like, there's lots of different ways to disambiguate. No, no, we could do better than that. To remove some ambiguity. <laughs> disambiguate. Yeah, no, we're, we're going to keep it in because we don't like to do a lot of editing. Right? I'm not sure it is. But to remove some ambiguity uh, from the conversation. Um, so we're going to talk about that next week on the forums edition, going through Eric's uh, uh, range uh, position chart, which is really, really needed by the poker world. So I'm okay, looking then forward to Who that. called you? Uh, the Big Blind. Big Every, okay. Everyone else folded. So they've got a really wide range there. Um, even calling a 3x, closing the action, um, super deep. And I didn't know what to put them on at this point. But um, the flop comes King 8 3 rainbow. Um, and I know there was one diamond and one club because it's relevant uh, later. The big blind checks. I down bet um, to 800 and the villain calls. So I wasn't worried about draws on this board. They're, it's really, really spaced out. There's no obvious straight draws. There's no flush draws. Um, the turn in the river might have something to, to say about that. But at this point, I didn't feel like I needed to charge a lot. I think if they had a better king, I would have heard about it um, pre-flop. So I really felt like I was just trying to extract value from an eight or from like a pair of sixes or something like that. Um, and so I got the call, which is exactly what I want. The turn is the nine of clubs, which brings the backdoor flush draw. So the board is now king, nine, eight, three, two clubs. Uh, the big blind checks again. I bet 2,000 which is still not that big, but um, bigger than before. And again, if he's got two clubs, I, you know, he might have that some frequency of the time, uh, but that wouldn't have been what got him to call on the flop. So and I didn't get the sense that this player was so experienced. They were going to be like calling with all their back doors and that kind of thing. So I really put them on a one pair hand, but, but you know, probably, probably some draws because I did, I did bet pretty small on the flop. Um, they call. The river is the queen of clubs, which is really interesting because it puts three clubs on the board. It also makes the straight if he had jack 10. Um, so now the eight, nine queen is on there. And it's also given me two pair. But honestly, I think that's completely irrelevant um, unless they happen to have a hand like eight, nine or uh, or eight queen. I don't see that you know, being, being a point, I'm sort of top pair and two pair. I'm really, really more worried about them having like the sets or the, uh, the straights or the flushes. Um, so they check again, and this is the spot that I wanted to talk to you guys about. So we've bet two streets, the boards run out badly. There's a flush on the board. There's a straight on the board. Um, we don't want to play like scared money here. But we also, we want to get called by a worse hand if we value bet here. And the board's pretty scary for a lot of those hands as well. What what do you guys do in a vacuum in a spot like this? Like, it's a bracelet event. You don't want to punt. 
but neither do they. Sometimes I find it's kind of hard to get thin value in spots like this because they don't want to give their chips away any any more than than you do. But we've got a pretty good hand. Um, Eric, you've unmuted. Uh, what's your inclination on, on how to play this? Um, I'd want to step back to the turn. I'd actually, what was your turn sizing? Your turn bet uh, sizing? Like two 2,000. Into a pot of? I think at that point it would have had to be uh, 24, I guess about half pot. It would have been about 4,000 4, okay. at that point. Okay. I mean, I think you can actually go a little bit larger yeah um, on the on the turn but i mean half pots fine i probably yeah i'd have probably gone about three three thousand there yeah yeah because any king's gonna call in, in right crushing all, all all kings yeah and it uh, is getting dry so you do want to charge something yeah. for that yeah. yeah um so on the river with with two pair uh yeah i i definitely bet it um i think half pot mm-hmm. would be good um so here's where uh in theory your bets in position should be at least half pot yes uh because you are opening the action right you could you could realize you could just check and realize your equity 100 percent of the time uh so there is a risk that if he is trapping or you know some kind of maniac bluffer that you are opening the action so um you usually don't want to bet small in the position because uh the benefit right is he calls with a small bet but but there is a bigger risk because he could blow you off your hand or or um really hammer you with a big check raise um i think your hand is yeah you beat you beat all other two pair Mm -hmm. um you being any king, yeah, I'd, I'd bet half pot somewhere around there. And when you say uh, he could blow you off the hand, what you mean, the 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 action that you're concerned about is him check, he, them check raising with a bluff, right? Because if they check raise right, with like right. a if set they have or something. Uh, yeah, with it, with they have, they have ace of clubs, something, uh, non, yeah. non-club, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's what we're trying to avoid is getting check raised by a bluff. Uh, that, no, that's we're the not reason trying to why... avoid it, but that's the risk, right? That, yeah. Okay. When, so when, so when you're risking that, you need the the benefit of your bet to be significant, right? You don't mm-hmm. want to go 10th pot because that's to work to win 10th of a pot isn't worth that risk. You you want to you want to you want the reward of that risk to be a good half pot bet. Yeah. I like that. Rob, did you have something? Um, what bluffs do you have? Mm, yeah, right good question. Good because, question. Because you know, you know, your bet sizes are based on um, your value and your bluffs, right? So if you're betting X amount, that means you have to have X amount of value, X amount of bluffs. So what are your bluffs here? Do you have any? You could bluff with a hand like uh, pocket jacks with the jack of clubs or pocket tens with the ten of clubs, maybe because you're blocking the straight. And you have a are you betting two two streets with with jacks with a king high on a king high flop? Right. Yeah. No. Probably not. Not not <laughs> a lot. 
Yeah, you'd be ha- you'd have to turn your a pair into a bluff, right? Yeah, is that? Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, and and is this person even thinking in those terms? I don't know, or is he just playing his two cards? And I don't think I don't think this was a a, a bad player, but I don't think they were so advanced that. I wasn't really worried about, like I said, on the flop, I wasn't really worried about them like calling with two back doors as much. And I wasn't really worried about them turning something into a bluff here. It it felt like a a lot of the players at this table were sort of ABC players that wanted to get hands to showdown if they had showdown value. Okay. Um, Pretty much playing straight up then. Yeah, I would bet. I definitely bet. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think at least half pot. Mm. Um. I don't, you know, you could bet in that scenario, you could bet smaller um, because you're more likely to get a call with a smaller bet. And if you're very sure that they're never raising you without a better hand, then you're not afraid of being, you know, check raised as a bluff. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's why, you know, that's why we're asking, what are your bluffs? What hands might he bluff? Does he have any bluffs or is he just pretty straightforward and just going to call with his two pair type hands or, you know, whatever. In, in the, in the moment, I think I decided that this player was not going to be bluffing enough. And so I did size down. Um, I did make a thin value bet. I think I bet uh, like 1500, which was uh, pretty small. And they raised me to about six sixty five hundred, and I just decided it was value and, and folded. Um, but I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure. Like, is that a spot that I should have checked back? I thought that was too nitty, and I wanted to sort of pick your brains a little bit about it. Maybe the sizing, like maybe they don't check raise if the bet's bigger, like Eric's saying, because you're kind of inviting it a little bit by going in with the smaller bet. Um, they didn't show, so I'll, I'll never know what they did have. Uh, but it did, it was one of those spots where I was like, I was glad I went for the thin value because in these fields, I think bet folding is a good technique. Like that's a good exploit against this top, top two pair thin value. Well, with it depends, you know, <laughs> there was a great episode here recently Rob, where you did a phenomenal hand breakdown on one of Eric's cash game hands. And I think if I had had time to go through all the streets in my mind and do some combo counting, I don't know how many straights or flushes they do have there. Because, like I say, they'd both be back doors on the flop and they called on the flop. Um, So I think it's one of those things where it's like in the moment, I was giving primacy to like what was what was like uh, happening right there. And I just didn't give the previous action as much thought um, as I should have, because am I even like, am I beating, I might even be beating some of his value here. If he's doing this exactly. with like queen well, nine or I'm queen thinking. eight or something. You yeah, know? If he has queen nine or queen eight, that could easily be a, a hand. Well, queen eight. Calls Maybe not queen nine. Queen right. eight's going to call the flop, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
Queen A's going to call a flop bet, and then he's going to turn two pairs, so he's obviously going to call. Yeah. But then, I just, I'm just trying to figure out what value he has it that's beating you. That's the, like it's a scary run out for them too. So I didn't think like if they had a one pair or a two pair hand, they might just call my bet and close the action, um, and not you know, not not inflate the pot with a straight and a flush on there. Um, but this hand has plagued me. I I really don't know. I haven't like lost sleep on it, but it's one of these hands where I just don't know uh, if I played it correctly or not. Or well, remember um, remember what I always say when. When you got an ABC player, yeah, you're raising pre-flop with what? Ace King every time. Right? Ace King. Yeah. <laughs> so if, if he's got yeah. Queen Eight, he's got yeah. you crushed. You've said that before. You've said that many <laughs> times before. They put you on Ace King. That's Everybody right. Everybody puts you on Ace King. Yeah. That's the only hand anybody ever raises. <laughs> it's all right. Well, that- phenomenal. How many times you hear somebody say, ah, I put I you put on, Ace, on Ace, King. Ace King. Yep, <laughs> that's right. So uh, I'm just, I don't know that I could fold there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't putting out enough strength. Like I was kind of underrepping my hand, I guess, with the sizings. Because I never made, I never made a single big bet. Um, and part of it was because I was trying to like play small ball. And, you know, I've been like trying to get into these tournament mentality of uh just like picking up chips and winning small pots and not losing big pots but um i do think i kind of calibrated a little too far that way for the early part of my trip and this was one of the first tournaments i played when i was down there and i think i was still kind of stuck between this tension of kind of like exploiting the players there but also trying to play small ball and um I think that's what kind of tripped me up a little bit. But I think you guys are right. I probably should have bet bigger on the turn for sure when it gets juicy. Mm-hmm. And um, maybe I could have folded more confidently if I'd bet bigger on the uh, on the river because the range that check raises there is is tighter. So I like, I like those notes. Um, uh, there's one other quick hand I think we can go over because we went through this one pretty quickly. Unless you guys want to bring anything else up on that one. Okay, so this was another kind of a weird spot. Um, same table, same level. Uh, we're in the small blind. I'm in the small blind. The button opens to 1,000. The, the blinds are 200, 400, 400. I've got pocket queens, and I three bet to 3,500, um, which is pretty pretty chunky. Um, the big blind cold calls. And they only had, they were down quite a bit. I think they had fewer than 20,000 chips at this point, maybe closer to 15. So this was a pretty big chunk of their stack that they cold called with. Um, and then the original better, the original Razor also called. So they open, I make a big three bet, big blind calls, original Razor calls. So I think the size of my three bet kind of demonstrated that I had a pretty strong hand or at least a pretty strong range of hands. Um, The cold call from the big blind is the one that concerned me a lot. What do you guys think is the kind of range of hands that they're going to put in, let's say 20 to 25% of their stack 
when they when they see that that three bet in front what kind of hands are they going to be doing that with? medium pairs yeah mm-hmm. like so like from what to what sevens eights nines tens yep that's about what i thought yep. as well maybe like ace queen suited you know but really it's those medium pairs i think that make up a lot of their range there too good to four bet as a bluff not good enough to four bet as value basically set mining you know at that that point which they don't really have the odds for but i that that was my thinking as well and then the the original razor they're actually getting pretty good odds now they get to play in position because i was in the small blind so they're probably calling a little more widely than that um, they're calling with their ace king that they opened with right of course it's gotta be ace king. It's gotta be <laughs> gotta be i put him on it i put him on ace king so we go to this flop three-handed here's the flop jack nine eight two-tone now i'm first to act i've got two red queens the board is black so it's club club spade or spade spade club i don't remember which but i don't have any piece of it i do have the over pair and i've got the gut shot to the straight um are you guys lead are you betting here are you see betting here and if so uh to what size there's the the guy to the left is is pretty short i think the button and i both have again around around 50k or something so we're 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 still very comfortable what do you guys think so you got over 100 big blinds yeah and the big big blind has maybe 50. oh no not started with oh yeah 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 that's right But they wow. put in, you know, a good portion. You're, of you're out of position, and that flop totally smashes the range that Eric just put this guy on, right? Yep. <laughs> yep. Because <laughs> we said sevens, eights, nines, tens. Yep. So <laughs> he's got eights, <laughs> nines, and tens. <laughs> yeah. So that was in my that was part of my thinking as well. Um I do they want to advocate for 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 a lead? Does anyone think you well, just got too strong too strong a hand? You'd be C betting there. It I don't know. It would be a C bet. It's not a lead because you had the sorry sh- sorry a C bet. Yes yes a C bet. Um, I'd either check or small bet. Yeah yeah yeah. Out of position. Yeah yeah. I mean, you do have initiative. You can make a small bet and maybe you know they fold their ace king because that's what they have. Right right yes. Or, I thought about that. Or the guy had sevens and, and now he's going to fold because there's three overcards. I thought of, I did think about that. And I just thought a small bet, like, isn't going to fold out any of the hands that I actually want them to fold out. And I, like, I just, I decided to check because I felt like the bad event had already happened. Mm-hmm. Like a flop like this, it's just. I'm not going to get I'm not going to get the kind of folds that I want to get from folds, except for maybe exactly ace king, where I'm just cleaning up my equity. But like, I don't want them to fold sevens. You know, I don't want them to fold like uh, pocket tens, I guess, which would be the the one pocket pair that they didn't hit a set with here. <laughs> otherwise, so how, how comfortable do you feel if you check and then they bet? I think I would probably, depending on the size and if I was closing the action, I think I'd feel pretty comfortable calling one bet because I've still got the overs. I've still got the gut shot. I feel like 
I, I can, I can still, um, realize some equity there. Uh, and so that was like my small ball. Again, I'm thinking like small ball is my theory. So I'm trying to like size down, not lose the tournament, you know, that kind of stuff, which isn't natural for me. Like I, I, my natural, because I play cash a lot, big ball is more my game of choice. Um, putting putting stacks in putting a lot of pressure over bets that kind of stuff and so i did feel like i was kind of trying to fit a square peg into a round hole strategy wise especially early in this trip where i I, like i say i was still kind of like getting used to the the notion of it so i did check eric you look like you want to say something there oh no i was just wondering why you felt you had to do your quote small ball i mean when you're deep it's when you're yeah. deep, it's it plays more like cash, really. Yeah. I, I think it was just I think I was just like calibrating too far. I think I was just because uh, I think like the, some of the mistakes that I made last year it, were big ball mistakes when I didn't need to, okay. but it was a different part in the tournament. Like you're saying, we're deep now. Like this is the time to apply that kind of pressure and that kind of thing. Um so yeah, I think this was actually the first day of my trip. So both of the hands from here, I think I'm feeling like a little not quite a hundred percent, to be honest with you. Um, you know, it's funny though um, when you read tournament strategy. Yeah, you tend to bet bigger and more often when your stacks are smaller. Mm. When the stack to pot ratio is is smaller, you're more willing to um, make the big bets or the big all-ins and that sort of thing usually when you're deeper you don't want a really big pot because it's everybody is playing so much because the you know because everybody's got a deep stack it's so easy to to all of a sudden lose track and boom you got a whole bunch of chips in the middle and wondered how it happened and all of a sudden you got half a stack yeah, because you feel comfortable because you got all these chips, so you're you know you're making big bets, and I think a lot of tournament strategy that I've read kind of warns you about not getting too carried away with marginal hands. Mm-hmm. Well, you're supposed to play tighter the deeper you are because you want to play yep. hands that make the absolute nuts. Yeah, Suited Whereas right. when you're when you're when you're shallower, right? Top pair, go with it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I think I felt like um, there were two people at this table that were that were very experienced. It seemed to me because we're we're a couple hours into this by now. Um, but I felt like I was I probably had a bit of a skill edge against some of the other players there, and so I didn't want to just like take a spot um, where I could take a better spot later. Um, and I think that also sort of like encouraged me to just just small ball it again a, a bit again, but. I, yeah, I don't think it one one note that I took out of this whole first week of it was, you know, you got to play your game. And I had I had more success later in the series when I was just playing my style, which is just a little more looser, more aggressive. Um, and honestly, like if you're going to bust one of these multi-day events 10 hours in or three hours in, like who cares? Um, y- y- you got to build up a stack at some point. Or else you're going to be picked off along with all the other minis when um, when it when it gets down to bubble time. So uh, that was interesting. 
<laughs> so, um, so I, so I check, everyone checks and the turn is, um, an offsuit six. So the flush doesn't come in. It goes check. And the player to my left bets half the remaining stack, which is about uh, two thirds of the pot at this point. The uh, original razor folds. And also, I want to point out how well this range hits that original razor's uh, range as well. How well that flop hits that original ranger's uh, razor's range as well. They've got a lot of the, by the time they call that three bet, they've got a lot of those like middle cards, straight plus or draw pair plus draw hands, that kind of stuff as well. Two pair. So I thought it's very likely that like they could have two pair. The the I, I was pretty convinced like Eric that the big blind player often has a set here. Like I really did narrow their range to a lot of those medium pocket pairs. So they lead, they lead pretty large. Um, other player folds and it's on me. I tank for a while. What do you guys do in this spot? Here, Rob, you're unmuted first. So you've got two red Queens, the boards, all black, uh, Jack nine, eight, Six on the turn. What's the suit of six? It was uh, a diamond or a heart. It wasn't the flush oh, draw, yeah. and it wasn't the back door. Okay. Okay, so we put just put his sevens into an open-ended straight draw. Yep. Right? He's yep. already got a set of eights, a set of nines. Could have pocket tens, which are feeling a little better now um, after it went checked around on the flop. Yeah. <clears throat> They're putting me on ace king now because I haven't <laughs> seen that. And I made a pretty big three bet pre flop. So that's going to, there well, is the thing. You've definitely underrep you've underrepresented your hand for sure. Yeah. Um, with an over pair there. Well, what, what is he doing this with? Great question. First of all, what is he calling with? And we've kind of mentioned that to call a, a three bet, cold call a three bet from the big blind. For a lot of their chips. Uh, yeah. Is usually a middle type of pair. Yeah. So best case scenario is they have tens or sevens. If they have any of those other middle pairs, you're drawing, you're drawn pretty thin. Yep. I don't know. I I don't know how I could fold this, but at the same time, if you look at what what kind of range we're putting this guy on, you're behind right now. And if you're not behind hand to hand, he's got a definitely got a strong draw. That you don't have. Yep. Yeah, my if I'm behind, my outs are a queen or a 10, unless he <laughs> has a 10. <laughs> and then the queen's no good. Um, but yeah, that was the way I was thinking about it, Eric. Do you, do you think he's the type of player that uh, would fire on a misdraw? With what? Like... I, I don't know. I don't know for sure, 
Like we open up for that when we check the turn for sure. But the missed draws are like pocket tents because I don't think they're or what like ace ten of clubs. The- right, his tens or sevens. <clears throat> so he'll bet his tens, sevens if you call, and then he he bricks the river. Is he check? Is he checking in real and just showing his sevens or tens, or is he just going for it? Yeah, good question. Good question. I I didn't know. I couldn't make a judgment about that. I couldn't make it. But that's the thing you want to be thinking about, right? I mean, at that point, the river bet's going to be pretty small relative to the pot because he he. He put about half or like 40% of his chips in on the turn. So if it gets called, it's going to be a pretty small river bet relative to the pot. Um, and I think we're going to be calling a lot at that point, unless it comes in really bad. Like if the flush comes in and it's a king, you know, I get, but again, like. He didn't have any kings in his. He didn't have really. any kings, right? That's like, he shouldn't even have any flush draws because. We're putting him pretty right. firmly on these on these pocket pairs. Pocket pairs. So, I I it it kind of put me in the blender. Yeah, Eric. Eric. Yeah, I I'd hate it, but I I think I think you a fold seems reasonable. I mean, the only money you put in was your three bet, right? Right. So sometimes yeah. we three bet and <laughs> yeah, he could be sitting there with he could be sitting there with Jack Ten suited Jack Ten Hearts. Yeah, it could we we could give him like a couple of those if we feel like that's right in that calling range? It could be, um, so that's not good for us. No, <laughs> <laughs> that's not good for us either. So okay, well, I'll just so I did fold. Um, I did fold. Um, he did not show his cards, but we talked about the hand afterwards, and he told me um, he folded a set of nines, and I believed him. Uh, we we talked about it quite a bit. He talked about he had like, a set of nines. He had a set. Sorry, yes. He he told me he had a set of nines. <laughs> um, he talked about why he didn't bet the flop, even though it was that juicy, because he thought if the other guy bet, he could check raise. Um, sometimes people will snow you on what they had afterwards, but I I didn't get that impression. So I think I correctly folded the queens there, but I took a long time to do it, and it was another one of those spots where it's like. I was just so sure he had a set. <laughs> I was just so sure he had a set on the flop. Because he set. did. <laughs> well, yeah, because and who knows, like what part of your mind might be taking in that kind of information at the at the time or something like that. But it felt it felt kind of nitty if you didn't have a sense that. I guess my question to you guys that'll make me feel better about this is Eric. Already, I like that cold call out of the blinds for like twenty to twenty five percent of the stack. That's just really to me really narrowed his range yep. to the kind of hands that this board crushes. And um, that was that kind of, again, I'll never know if he actually had the set or not, but that, that it all made so much sense to me. I just laid it down and I, I felt pretty good about it, but as you can tell, it's a few weeks from n- later, I'm still thinking about it. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, any other thoughts on that? Is there um, any, anything we can extrapolate from that? Any tips or thoughts that we can um so i was i was mentioning to you like do you think he'd be somebody to follow through with, right well the bluff um i actually had an interesting hand where uh i had a button open and i three bet with queens and it came ace high 
flop. I still bet. And I think it, the ace paired um, at mm. some point, I bet. Mm-hmm. And then I just checked, checked the river. And my thought was, my read of the player was, he's not, he's not bluffing. Like, he, he's not, right. even though it's kind of obvious, I don't have an ace. <laughs> he's not bluffing. And sure enough, he, he showed like, uh, King Jack offsuit or something like that, and and then he said after you know after I won the hand, he goes, yeah, I I knew I knew you had like queens or jacks, you know, I just knew that you had that. So he knew what I had, but he didn't pull. He 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 was yeah, still the type couldn't of pull player. the trigger. Yeah. He couldn't pull yeah. the trigger, and and that's why I was comfortable checking the river. I was like, if he bets, he has it. Yes, he's going to check behind most of the time, and and you know I I was right with that read. Yep. And I think that's especially true, um, like in tournaments like this, in the first few levels, like people don't want to bust. People don't want to tell their friends that they busted on level three because they bluffed with the ace high flush blocker. You know what I mean? Like it, it hurts. Um, so there was a there was a spot at this table where I would turned pocket tens into a bluff um, on the very first hand of the of the tournament because. This guy just obviously had top pair and the second pair, the second card on the board paired. And it was just a, I didn't have it, but like monsters under the bed all day there um, to, to, to apply some pressure. And I didn't, I just didn't feel like these players were going to get out of line enough for it to be, for it to be worth it. So again, we'll never know. I'm, I, I believe you, Dave, who's living in Hawaii. I don't remember. I think you were from Jersey originally, but Dave from Hawaii uh, I hope you did have that set of knives because I will sleep more soundly tonight if that was the case. But, um, well, I think, yeah, you know, we, I think we said it too. I mean, both Eric and I, when you asked, well, what is he doing that with? It's, you know, it, that is just solidly in the middle of a range of hands that somebody in that spot would do that with. Yeah. There's very few other hands that I can imagine that somebody would cold call a three bet from the big blind. Yeah, and that was that was what saved me there, um, I think. So another good argument for sizing up those three bets, you know, like it really does help to range players later in the hand. When I'm talking with like coaching uh, clients, um, sometimes sizing is the thing that we talk about a lot because it just makes easier decisions on future streets if you make people define their range more clearly um, with the size of your bets. So just uh, just goes to show. All right. Well, uh, thanks, Eric and Rob. I really enjoyed that. I appreciate the feedback because it makes me feel like I didn't screw up too bad. Um, I had a fantastic <laughs> time. Maybe we'll pull out a couple other hands for another forums edition sometime soon. But in the meantime, I'm just going to thank the Running Aces Hotel Racetrack and Casino, Rob Washington, uh, Eric Jin, and of course, you, the listeners, for making all the magic happen. So thank you all so much, and we'll see you again next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.